from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Five o'clock hour is upon us here on Cofield and Company. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. Steve Cofield is out, but you will see him on Friday. You will see him also Sunday at the Westgate Superbook when we have our usual pregame show from there. Um, you know, there's there's no getting around the biggest story of the day. It's been the biggest story of the week. It's maybe the biggest story that we've ever talked about in Las Vegas sports with John Gruden's resignation over the revelation of his email trove going back a number of years. Um, so before, before we get into the big five, I, I want to give you an opportunity to hear from Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley today was asked about the John Gruden situation, and we don't have enough of these kinds of takes come out about this situation. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think this is what I think about it. Um, you know, I think that respect and trust in this world are, are really, really difficult to achieve. And I think about all the people that were affected by those emails, um, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about. You know, because it's a sacred mantle for someone to call you coach or someone to call you a leader. Um, and trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. It's really, really challenging to achieve. And especially with people with those groups that I just mentioned. All right? And people are really guarded all right? and they're skeptical uh, of people because of emails like that. And I just think that, you know, kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know um, I just think that, you know, that's such a big part of our thing here is listening to people and learning about people because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. And I think that, um, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's just incumbent upon you to set the example every single day so that people um, that were, you know, talked about in those emails, that they don't need to feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way. And it's, you know, hopefully you know, all of us can learn from this, that it's about bringing people together for me uh, so that people can become, you know, the people that they dream about. And I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, leading this football team and being someone, hopefully we can, you know, be a light for those people in those emails that not everybody's like that, 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 that there's far more people that will love you than the opposite. And hopefully um, this will be a, a chance for everybody to come together instead of go apart. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. So consider that number six uh, <laughs> from Brandon Staley because that was outstanding. Um, and Adam, uh, it's the story everywhere now. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to hear about it. Every coach is going to be asked. Players all over the league are going to be asked. Um, there's no getting away from it. And yet, sometimes you get something like you just got from Brandon Staley and you feel like you hear something different and something that gives you that perspective that just sort of that just sort of turns the wheels forward a little bit that makes you think about it in a different way and i thought what Brandon Staley did so well was the condemnation of what's in the emails was clear but he didn't go after Gruden he didn't go after the Raiders he didn't go after anything he just made clear look we can sit in this and think about how awful it is or we can talk about what a realistic and whole helpful way forward looks like 
Yeah, I mean, I think obviously all that is true, and, and it's part of, I think it's also part of what I said um, earlier in that it, it's a, it's a, all of it is a process, right? And I think eventually we get to all of those different aspects of, of this. You go from, you know, the shock of what happened, um, you go to, you know, and I think Derek Carr said today, um, when he was asked just how he's feeling, and he's, I think he said, um, sad, angry, uh, empathetic, um, you know, disgusted. He, he listed like nine different emotions. And I, I mean, I think that's fair. I think there's so many different things to process and so many, so many different things to go through that what Staley was saying is ultimately where we should be of, hey, the people that have been marginalized so often are once again, you know, attacked. You know, whether you know, he didn't mean to attack them. I get that part. And when John Gruden says, hey, I never meant to hurt anybody. Sure. But you said hurtful things. And now that they're out there, like, you, you are the one responsible for them being out there. You said them. And so, you know, you start to think about those people that have been marginalized and, and, and that once again, you know, somebody that maybe, you know, in, in the case of Carl Nassib, and I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, he has this leader that he trusts enough to say, hey, this is, you know, I'm finally ready to be the first person to ever do this, to say, yes, I'm gay and I'm in the NFL and I'm a player and, and I'm, you know, I'm so much more than just a gay person. And to, to express that because he felt confident in that organization, that locker room, and then to know the guy that was running it had those thoughts behind closed doors. Like, that's awful. And that's another challenge that somebody like Carl Nassib has to go through. And you understand why he took a day off today to just – process things Uh, eventually i think we get to those feelings that we're supposed to have that we should have that are the most important thing here but there's so many other emotions and and things to go through first i think for a lot of people to get there and i I think eventually they'll get there and that's okay processing is a real thing Uh, i'll be honest i didn't really understand what it looked like in earnest until the last few years of my life and some of the challenges i've faced in the way that i've chosen to go about them so i'm not going to judge anybody based on the amount of time that they need the process there's a small distinction needs to be made though um the one person who we have not heard from in any sort of meaningful way in this entire situation is mark davis uh is the man at the top of the raiders organization who is shepherding his father's legacy which we have mentioned many times is one of inclusion and pioneering when it comes to equity and diversity And this organization has been hit about as hard as you can be hit by the opposite of what it stood for over that amount of time. Let's go back and look at Mark Davis's trail since Friday. The story comes out in the Wall Street Journal about the Demora Smith email and Mark Davis's statement. um, I personally thought it left a little bit to be desired. He referred to the email as disturbing, um, but he also made a point of talking about how it was 10 years ago. Uh, and said that there would be more investigation and that they would take a deeper look into it and that there were more materials, as you, Adam, pointed out so helpfully uh, at the time. And what materials did they have? What materials did they not before John Gruden took the field on Sunday? We still don't know. In part, we don't know because Mark Davis hasn't said so. Uh, He gave the weak statement on Monday when John Gruden resigned that he'd accepted the resignation. Didn't say anything Tuesday. Didn't say anything today other than whining to Paul Gutierrez of ESPN that 
he wasn't going to have a comment that the only comment would come from the NFL because they have the answers. Stop it. Just, just stop it. If you're not going to step forward and take the responsibility that comes with being the owner of this particular franchise and this particular brand, that's one thing to shut your mouth and say nothing and process and maybe come out when the time is right. It's another thing to respond like a little kid who got hurt saying, well, you'll have to you know, ask the NFL. They have the answers. So what's the implication there? That the NFL set you up? That you lost your dream guy? It turns out he wasn't your dream guy. Except that. He was not the guy you thought he was. He was not the guy a lot of people thought he was. And I'm not saying that we forgot what Caleb Herring said to us earlier, that we're not all taking offense to the same things and we're not painting everybody with the same brush. But I think what we could all agree on is that we did not know that John Gruden had expressed these things. And that's something we did not know about him before he got here. So if you're in the shoes of Mark Davis right now, do you want to pick up the legacy that your father left out there? Or is it too much for you? Because building the legacy isn't just getting the stadium and putting the torch in between the lanai doors. Building the legacy is the hard stuff too. This is the hard stuff. So if he's still processing, then again, not gonna tell anybody what their time is to process. But that time's getting shorter when everybody else in the organization has to get out there in front of the media today and take the questions that you won't take. I'm going to say three words for you, Adam. I can breathe. Yeah, I know. I, I knew you were, and I knew you'd go there, and I knew you'd go there, and and you have every right to go there. Uh, like I said, you ho- don't. Hopefully, you don't hopefully want. It's not long. I think the mistake that they made. Listen, I think everyone would agree. I think that they meant the best from that. They, they meant when the and what we're talking about, of course, uh, after the. Um, after the verdict in the George Floyd hearing for the officer trial for the officers um, that they tweeted out the I can breathe, they thought in support. They thought to be helpful. It was completely off base and completely tone deaf, but they thought they were doing the right thing. And we talk about context all the time, right? Of, hey, like, forgive somebody if they try something right or they're trying to do the right thing. Um, and 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 also that it's not as, it's not as disgusting and vulgar if it's a joke or if it's a movie script than, than it is if it's you know something of, of you know out of hate. Like context matters to all of those things. And but I think in this case, what I'm getting at is they tried to do the right thing and they got it completely wrong. And I think Mark Davis is trying to make sure that he gets to a place in his mind that he knows ex- that. Not only is he, what he's saying coming from the right place and coming from the heart and and being supportive, but it also comes across that way. And it's also stated properly. And and I'm okay with letting him have the time to do that. Now, as far as the comments to ESPN, and as you mentioned, he talked to Paul Gutierrez today and said, um, you know, ask the NFL, they have all the answers, which sounds like somebody who's very angry that the NFL released, you know, information that made him move on from his coach. But protected you know 650,000 other emails that could lead to other people having to fire their coach or their GM or even their owner um I'm sure he's angry and I'm and I'm sure uh that's a part of it but that shouldn't have been the first thing that you told anybody um 
it's I, I think it's fair to have that be part of the processing. But yeah, I I I would like to hear from him, but I'm also not I'm not gonna put it on a timeline. So I'll put a cap on it here for now because God knows we're gonna come back to it. Um it's not about ultimately for me the other six hundred and fifty thousand emails. Those will or won't come out in their own time. Um, and we've had some guests on the last couple of days who said, well, you know, let he without sin cast the first stone. I understand that. But John Gruden cast a lot of stones over a long time and the judgment came for him. And that is not about how it got out there, who put it out there, or how hurt you feel that your guy had to go. Number four. You know, Adam, as we heard from Rich Bisaccia, the interim head coach of the Raiders today, uh, it occurred to me that he's getting the opportunity of a lifetime under the strangest of circumstances. And a guy did who's you been read, the lifer. Did you read my lead? I did not read your lead. <laughs> I haven't published it yet, so but that's almost what it was. We've done the same job for a long time, Adam. Sure. All right, so um, let me see if I can read anything else from your story in my brain here. Um, Rich Passaccia comes out, and he talks about being excited. And and the first thing that, that, that happened, I had like a little initial recoil at the idea of, you know, Ugh, how can anybody feel excited under the circumstances? And then I thought, you know what? I, I, I think I might, too. Like, I think that, like, I'm not sure it would be the, the, the best part of me that would feel excited when there are so many people that are hurting about this. But I also think it would be kind of hard to, to keep that in when you've been in the position that Rich Passaccia has been as an assistant coach for so long. It's a, it's a really weird spot. And talking to him today, I kind of felt... I felt... Bad's not... I, I don't know. It, it, it did feel... It felt strange that this guy has... And let me, let me shift what I was going to say there. This is a guy that has been working toward this job for 40 years. Who has done everything... At least as far as we know, I mean, I'm, I guess we have to be careful with that now uh, with Gruden. But he's the, as far as we know, he has done everything right, done everything the right way, um, gained the respect and love and admiration of everyone around him, has been referred for you know this job in different organizations numerous times, um, has worked toward the opportunity to be a head coach of an NFL team for his entire career. And now he gets it, and it's like, oh, here – take over this thinking ship like it's i mean i guess all credit to him if he gets it done but man you're absolutely right in that this is such a you know such a wonderful moment to happen for somebody that deserves it in such an awful time number three everyone out there knows that we as members of the media love talking and if there's one thing we love talking about more than anything it is us baby it <laughs> is us there is nothing we like talking about more than ourselves because we're all just sad little boys who didn't make it to hollywood so here we are talking about ourselves again adam schefter shefty got caught with his hand in the cookie jar here Ooh. in the washington football team investigation too as he apparently uh, sent a full copy of a story that he was running about 10 years ago 
uh, about the collective bargaining talks in the NFL to Bruce Allen when he was an executive with Washington, referred to him as, quote, Mr. Editor, end quote, and essentially gave him the right to edit anything in the story that was going to run the next day for ESPN. Um, Adam, we could probably spend three hours talking journalistic ethics and and what it all means. And you know what? To the average person, I just don't think they care that much. Um, but can can you sum up for people maybe who are not involved in this the way we are day to day as to why this is a big deal that we're talking about? Well, I mean, it, I think it, you're right. It would take like a whole course of journalistic ethics. But, um, well, first of all, the problem here in this particular case alone is that, and I don't know the exact story, but it was we do know a, a CBA story, which is a battle between, of course, the management and the players. And you're going to one side and saying, hey, you cool with me writing this aspect of it? Like, is this story cool with you, one side of the story guy? Like, it's not like you're asking a friend for help. Like, hey, can you read this over or anything like that? And it's not even, listen, I've done stories. I've worked on stories. And I'll, I'll admit that I have, you know, called up. And I, I don't even think there's anything wrong with this. But I've, I've called and said, hey, I'm working on this. I'm writing this. Uh, first of all, do you have a comment on it? And second, second of, secondly, um, anything factually wrong about that? Like, you check on those sort of things. But to send an entire story and to refer to somebody as Mr. Editor, like, to me, this is not a one-time thing either. This is something that seems like it was probably going on a lot. And, man, it's it's so egregious. It's, like, I'm trying to think of what it would be and it's not it's tough to come up with something that is like relatable to people that you would understand but like it's a it's a cop like going to somebody he's about to arrest and being like hey is it cool if we do it this way and, and i guess maybe that happens i don't i'm i'm at a loss for how to explain how bad this is yeah i think that's ridiculous. the hard part right it's the hard part that the hard part is is getting that deep into it just understand that when we talk about this that's holy grail sort of stuff for a journalist to say, I'm giving you, source, the right to edit my story. Have I called a source, taken down a quote, and read the quote back to them and said, did I get that right? Yes, of course I have. Yeah. Have I done the same thing that you have and said, taken a section of a story and read it to someone and said, is there anything you object to in there? Does that mean I'm going to change it? Does that mean I'm giving them the right to change it? Hell no. No way, no way, no how, no chance. And I'll end it with this. Um, you said that it's not the first time, probably, right? Yeah. Um, I will just say the rumors about this sort of thing with that particular journalist go all the way back to the Denver Post and Mike Shanahan. Right. And now I'm actually just kind of shocked that we have some proof of it. And it's also, to be fair, I mean, if you, you're going to see a lot of journalists crushing him for this, which they rightfully should, part of it is... Hey, that's how he got where he is. And there's a, an element of jealousy to it of, hey, I could violate ethics too. And maybe the people like me enough to feed me everything. Part of that, it will be jealousy. But just trust us when we tell you it's it's as bad as it gets. And eh, there, I guess there's plagiarism, things like that. It's a very, very bad um, violation of ethics in the journalism world. Number two. Uh, this is a little bit of a departure from what we're just talking about. But Adam, 
ESPN last night decided that the Golden Knights have a new name. They're no longer VGK. They are VGS, as they were put uh, up onto the graphic. Um, on that alone, I am now boycotting all ESPN hockey broadcasts because it matters that much to me to see the K at the end. I don't think that's true. By the way, no, I, the K, no, they absolutely changed it. It was, a, it was definitely an S. Oh, they did. I'm saying I don't think it's true that you're done with them. I, I know fact, you didn't play along with the bid at all. I'm so, sorry. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm drained. Uh, <laughs> this is, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch on. Um, first of all, as I pointed out last night, there's a lot more things to get upset about. But also, I think a lot of people are telling on themselves, right? Like, people are like, ESPN did this yesterday. What are they doing? Oh, you mean, why are they doing what they've been doing for five years? It's VGS has been their abbreviation for the Golden Knights. Now, the games haven't been on their, their network. But if you open the app and look at the standings, it's been VGS for five years. If you look at the leaderboard, like the, the statistical leaders, it's been VGS for five years. Do you not follow hockey? Because I know the answer is no, you don't. Um, and not you. I mean, VGK fans. VGS fans, I should call them. Um, this is what ESPN uses. ESPN uses VGS. They do. And I don't know. It, first of all, I don't know any other fan base that would get upset about changing the abbreviation. It's just a silly, silly thing. But pay attention, people. It's been VGS. It's. I was going to say it's going to continue to be VGS. If fans keep... I had a tweet deck column set for VGS last night. And the fans were so mad. So mad. So maybe ESPN like listens to them and changes it. I don't know. But this is what it's been for five years. So pay attention to hockey, I guess. Is the Number one. Number one is actually going to be a little bit about what's coming up next. Um, Marquette King, former Raiders punter is going to join us here on Cofield and Company. K.J. Wright also spoke out today, uh, talked to Josina Anderson, the Raiders linebacker, about the John Gruden situation. We're going to hear from K.J. Wright a little bit later uh, in the show, but stay tuned with us. Marquette King coming up in just a few minutes here on Cofield Company. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. A quick piece of news uh, from Shams Charania, who reports that Kyrie Irving, who of course is away from the Brooklyn Nets, they've put him there. Uh, because he cannot comply with the COVID-19 vaccine requirements. Uh, he's not going to be offered a contract extension by the Brooklyn Nets. So basically, once uh, once the current term is up, it's over for Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Just a moment, we're going to have former Raiders punter Marquette King, who played briefly uh, for John Gruden, talking about his future in the game. Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Who you are will eventually come to light. And obviously, when you think about John Gruden and the things that he said and he never meant to hurt anyone, yes, you did. That's damn well what you meant to do. Because the emails say that. It's not a figment of anybody's imagination. It's not trying to add anything to what John Gruden sent in those emails. It's who you are, boss. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. You hear the voice of Marcus Spears talking about John Gruden. 
Cofield and Company here on Wednesday afternoon. Adam Hill, Ari, the Finley Toyota Studios. I'm Adam Candy in for Steve Cofield. Uh, Marquette King at one point was one of the best punters in the NFL. Uh, played for the Raiders in their Oakland days and kind enough to give us a little bit of his time here this afternoon. Uh, Marquette, thanks, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us. What's good? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Thanks for inviting me for, on the show, man. Um, just vibing right now, man. Staying ready, always working out, keeping these muscles on point. You know. Yeah, that, that's that's a good good uh, good segue. Like, what what are you up to right now? I know we've we've had a couple of times where it sounds like you've been close um, in the last you know, year or so. Like, wh- where where are you standing, and how ready are you if somebody needs a punter right away? If somebody needs a punter right now, they would get a top five punter. Uh, I've just been grinding, man, putting in a lot of work and and just still trying to be the best me I can be, you know. Um, went through a little uh, dark phase when I got let go from Oakland. That's kind of like when uh, things just got really rough for me just because I was questioning a lot of stuff. And I, um, But, yeah, I've just been tra- training and grinding with uh, AZ kicking and training out here, man, and just staying ready. Well, you, I mean, you talk about that that time. That was it was very public, right? We don't usually see a lot of publicity around, you know, a punter parting ways with a team. In retrospect, what was that time of your life like? How do you look back on that time uh, after you got let go from from Oakland? I kind of it made me question, like, uh, just I don't know. I, I thought I was going to be a writer for the rest of my life. That was my goal, especially seeing Vinikowski be there for a long time and stuff, and and it just sucked because what what you're told all your life, and most of the time, is uh, it's a production based business. And uh, if you if you perform well, then your job's pretty much good. Like you don't have to really worry too much. And that's what I that's what I focused on doing was just outworking any punter out there around the world. And like I still am. But um, yeah, man, it was just rough because once I got let go, I, I, it was almost like I don't even know if I love football anymore. Like my love for football was just and uh, and also just people coming up with the articles about my personality issues and stuff. And it's like, man, first of all, the coaches never met me before, and now this article's out, and I'm like, okay, is he gonna say anything to to let them know it's not my personality or something like? So it was it just got weird, man. Because then all of a sudden, you got team not hitting you up all of a sudden, and it just got really weird, and I was just like, man, I had to just find who I really was and detach myself from football because I'm way bigger than football. Everybody's bigger than what their job titles are. Yeah. Marquette King, former Raiders punter, joining us here on Cofield and Company. Um, I would imagine that when you had the production that you did, that you know, the questions that you're asking yourself, I'm sure were not just even about yourself, but about the league that you were playing in to say, wait a second, I, I did this job, uh, you know, at a very high level. Um, what started to go through your head about why other teams might not want you, why the league d- didn't, uh, didn't bring you back in on another team? I, I honestly don't really know. I've been trying to find out what it was. And I think, uh, I don't know, I guess a couple of things I heard was, I uh, just came with too much baggage or uh, just do too much, I guess, like my personality and everything. Just, I, I think that article 
and how that whole situation just happened didn't help at all. But um, just having time to sit back away from the game has just made me a better person. Uh, and I've always been a good person, but it just makes me see things a lot different, you know. Um, but it, it definitely sucked, man. Like, it just sucked. How, I guess, how are you doing now? I'm good. I'm in a really good place, man. Good. I've been in a good place uh, for a while. I played in the XFL for a little bit. Um, just, and I dominated when I was uh, playing in the XFL, too. But still didn't get a call, so I'm like, God. Yeah. Oh, no. It's weird. Like I said, when you detach yourself from trying to just just focus on football only and do other things that make you happy, like my music, my jewelry, then it's, it just, it's better. But well, I'm always staying ready. Yeah. Well, a, a, a lot was obviously made of of you and your relationship with John Gruden. And, and not, I guess it wasn't even a relationship. It was kind of over before it started. Um, but when you see a story like this this week, I mean, do you still feel a certain way? Does it make you feel a certain way about hearing it or coming out? Or I guess what was your reaction just hearing the story? I mean, it just it just stuck that it had to happen this way, you know? But, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm... I don't even know, man. It just sucks the way everything is happening. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just wish everybody well. Yeah. Can we yeah. Can we, can we clear up the the famous story about did you bring gifts to Gruden when you when you came yeah. into the facility? So I showed up to the facility uh, trying to meet him and Rich Basakia, and I even sent Rich a text and, I mean, I got left on red, but <laughs> tried to, I tried to show up and meet him and had the gifts. Nobody was there, left the facility, got a call back. When I came back, um, I got released. They said they don't put me on the wire. I hit the wire at a certain time. I was just, I couldn't believe it. I, it felt like getting punched in the face. <laughs> and like, uh, it was just weird. It was weird. So I had all the goods and stuff and, Put my gifts back, and they was, I think they were still in my car. They sat in my car for about a year in the truck. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that's how that happened. So tell us about your experience, Marquette, with the Raiders organization up to that moment. Because, obviously, we, I mean, we've discussed the success that you have and the stats that you put up. Uh, how did you feel about being a Raider up until that point? Man, I'm... I'm, that was my life, man. Like, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed how different, like, the Raiders is a team that um, always do things that are a little different, you know? Um, they, I don't know, it's just a, it's a badass image. Like, if you usually when you're a Raiders fan, you're like a badass and, like, what it stands for. I just love everything about that organization, you know? So, and still do. But, um, it was fun, man. It was like a big family having one of the, one of my favorite coaches, Jack Del Rio, there and stuff. Like it was, it was a fun time. And then I was Jenikowski. Like it was, it was always fun and stuff. And like, uh, I was just a vibe, man. Everybody's usually in team meetings all the time, so we, me and Jenikowski don't really hang around the team much because they always in meetings. But we, we would always just hang out with each other all the time, so it's always fun. Uh, Marquette, uh, did you have the opportunity to to meet Mark Davis? Did you know him at all, or have any kind of relationship with him? 
I met I know I know Mike Davis. He's cool, man. He's super cool. I've always had a cool uh, relationship with him. You you like the hair? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I mean, that that was enough. <laughs> I got gotcha. you with the laugh. No, I, I I think it's interesting you mentioned the family aspect of the of the organization. I mean, do you do you feel like you're a part of that family, or do you feel kind of outcasted from because everybody like that's been a part of the team seems like they're all still a family. Are are you still part of that? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, technically. With, with at least playing for the Raiders, yeah. But I know it got a little weird when I got let go, man. Yeah. I just felt a little different just because you got to remember, like, still a human at the end of the day. So, like, the way that all of that just happened all of a sudden, and I know it just it sucked, but I mean, I played for the Raiders for sure, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, you mentioned J- Janikowski. What's that dude like on the road? He is funny. He's a he's a good hearted guy. Um, don't trust a lot of people. And uh but once he once he knows who you are, he's a really good guy. He always looks out for you and stuff and he's uh one of my favorite humans. That's great, man. Uh are you I was trying to find, are you are you off Twitter these days? So I, I just got tired of uh I got tired of uh people because when other punters would, I guess when punters messed up or something in games, like a lot of the fan bases start hitting me up. Then there's people that start coming on. Uh, they need to pick up my quick king, and then once they tweet stuff like that, then you got a bunch of people that's talking trash. Like, uh, he's got personality issues, or he's a problem in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God dang, I just got tired of it. I got tired of seeing so many opinions, so I just deleted it. And then pulled it back up. So I got a new Twitter, but it's... At the bottle, <laughs> I got you. Uh, I I just thought wanted to see if uh, if people do want to follow you that are supportive. Because hey, listen, uh, you're you're preaching to the choir. Twitter is an ugly place, and I can't imagine uh, being in the spotlight at that at that level and having people every time you say something or every time you do something come after you. So I get that. Uh, but is there yeah. is there somewhere you uh, keep people updated what you're doing? What's what's going on? I do all my stuff on Instagram. Okay. I mean, I I do have a Twitter again. It's the same. It's just more quick to be, but. I don't think I'm going to be on Twitter that much now just because I'm, I'm just not a huge Twitter person, Twitter fan now. But. It's smart. It's very smart, man. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, maybe I'll think about doing that soon. Well, check him out on Instagram then, Marquette King. Awesome time. And, hey, we're really happy to hear that you're doing uh, you're doing better. And uh, hopefully that opportunity comes around very quickly and we can uh, watch you punt on Sundays again, man. I know. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate y'all. Thank you very much, Marquette King, former yeah, uh, Raider punter. Yeah, I mean, and, and appreciate his candor talking about uh, his experience and kind of the dark place that he went into after John Gruden uh, cut him. He didn't have the opportunity to to meet him uh, after the transition from Jack Del Rio, who he mentioned uh, he enjoyed playing for. Over to John Gruden. Um, different players, different emotions, different feelings. Everybody's got... Uh, an opinion, of course, that they are entitled to. K.J. Wright is on the Raiders roster right now. And he talked to Joni Zena Anderson about what he thinks about John Gruden. I'm going to hear that in just a moment here on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. 
Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Been a big day, been a long day, been a lot of subjects that are not the easiest to talk about, but that ones that are right in front of us and need the discussion here on Cofield and Company. Adam Candy and Adam Hill in for Steve Cofield. Ari, of course, in our Finley Toyota studios. Um, KJ Wright was one of the last additions to the Raiders roster this year after playing for Pete Carroll in Seattle for a number of years. He talked to former ESPNer uh, Josina Anderson about his thoughts on John Gruden and whether he thinks the coach should get another shot in the NFL. Lastly, KJ, before you go, uh, with some time off and uh, the ability to reflect, do you think that uh, John Gruden should be welcome back into the NFL? Yes. We all fall short. We all say stupid stuff. We, we, all, we all mess up. And should he be canceled forever because of this? I don't think so. Adam, how common do you think that sentiment is going to be in the Raiders locker room the more we hear from players? I mean, I, I listen, I know Derek Carr said a lot today. Um, he was kind of all over the place a little bit with his words, which I, I'm, I'm not, it's not a critique. I just think he was trying to process just like we keep saying about everyone. Um, but if you asked him straight up, honestly, um, and it wasn't for a camera, it was just a, a personal conversation. I think he would say yes. Um, I, I think a lot of people would. And I also don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I never know in a lot of these cases because it is it's fair to ask the questions, but I don't think it's fair to hold people necessarily to their word 100%. And what I mean by that is, listen, John Gruden still could coach again. Jay Gruden, John's brother, could coach again. John Gruden has a lot of friends in the coaching world. What benefit does it do a guy like KJ Wright, who will be maybe looking for a job this offseason um, if he's not back with the Raiders? What good does it do to to flamethrow and to burn bridges? You know, and I'm I'm not saying that's what he does. That's what he's doing by any stretch. I'm just saying, why would he say absolutely not? Ban him for life. It doesn't make sense. And as KJ Wright is pointing out, and as Derek Carr pointed out today, he's like, everybody that says, like, this is, you know, he can never work again or he can't do this because of these emails, why don't you turn your emails over? Why don't you turn your texts over and decide if everybody in the world is okay with every single word you've ever emailed? And, and again, that's not a defense of John Gruden, but it's, it is a fair point to make of, hey, if you want to be out there saying, and you want to stand on that on that platform and say, John Gruden can never work another day in his life again because he emailed these things. I mean, what what is what's to say that somebody's not going to find something that you said to be that same standard? So I I think it, it's you know that could absolutely be KJ Wright's one hundred percent true opinion, but could also be him saying, "Hey, listen, I'm not I'm not going to be the one that goes out and says don't allow this guy ever to work." Stick your hand in there, Dave. Former NFLer Herschel Walker is running for Senate. Um, he is running for Senate as an endorsed candidate of former President Donald Trump. Sure. GQP party. Found his way into the news this week. Um, I'm going to say about vaccinations, but it quickly veers away from vaccinations. Um, 
I'm just going to say this much. There's a logo associated with Herschel Walker's campaign where there are four what appear to be vaccination needles, which, Adam, are formed in what is an almost unmistakable shape um, that a lot of people seem to think is a swastika. And you know why they think it's a swastika. Because it is, it is a swastika. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that Herschel Walker's campaign spokespeople denied this and said, oh, no, no, it's clearly just saying that, you know, this is a this is anti-vaccine and anti-mandates. I don't understand why people treat us as stupid. Like, if you, if you want to get out there and, and get behind it, that's fine. But, like, it's not a coded image. This isn't, like, discussion of whether John Gruden meant anything by saying lips the size of Michelin tires. It's a swastika. I mean, it's literally a swastika. It's not even. It's not needles forming. It's a swastika with needles over it. Like it clearly, the foundation of the logo is a swastika. I, why, why I don't want to it? be. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be gaslighted by Herschel Walker, and that's not a phrase I ever thought I would say on the radio. Um, but I really don't want to, I, I, Herschel, I, I'm, I'm out of this relationship. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Next few years, we're going to get wild card Monday in the NFL. Adam, five years of it. Um, the announcement official today, the news kind of broke a few weeks back. Uh, you think this is unfair that we're going to put one of these teams on such a rest deficit in the playoffs in service of having a Monday night game? Um, I would, I would actually like back-to-back Monday night games. Ah, with Chris Berman calling the second one, right? Uh, no. Um, hmm. No, oh, I don't okay. mean back-to-back on the one night. I mean, I mean back-to-back two weeks in a row. You like, want Divisional Monday as well. Sure. yeah. Divisional Monday, Championship Monday. I'll go. I would have Championship Sunday. Championship Sunday is awesome with back-to-back games. It's tough. Yeah, somebody's going to be in a really bad spot. There's no question about it. I mean, I assume they're going to have the late Sunday game. Uh, if they have a Monday night game, like, I assume it'll work that way. They're not going to go like Monday, Saturday, or even Monday, early Sunday. Um, it, it it does suck for the team that's in that spot. But gosh, it's great to watch it. So I'm in. I, you know what? It's, it's the it's same the as Thursday. Same as, Thursday night no, football it, no. sucks for the players, but I love it. No, it's the same as getting people out of your favorite restaurant by getting them into the stores instead of uh, ordering online and blocking you. How does it help me? Has it helped me? Ah, it's been a day here, folks. We appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, thanks to all of our guests uh, for some candid discussion, some frank discussion, some discussion that isn't easy. Thanks, of course, to Adam Hill for busting his behind to get over and be uh, with us today with all of the stuff going on at the Raiders facility. Ari booked a uh, great guest in Marquette King today. Good for Ari. Uh, Brady, take that. And uh, we will be with you from Silver Sevens tomorrow with more Cofield and company, and I'm sure more Raiders.